Hey everyone, so in today's episode we are going to be talking about books, and specifically books on karate or the martial arts as a whole. Whether you're just an enthusiast or a practitioner or an instructor, reading is a great way to augment your knowledge about the technique, the history, and the philosophy of the martial arts. Today, we have six books that we're going to talk about, and I believe every practitioner of the martial arts should have in their library. So get your reading glasses out, because here we go. Hey everyone, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Dave Nixon, and I'm a lifelong student of karate and the martial arts, but I'm also an instructor and a dojo owner. Whether you're just starting out in the martial arts, getting ready for your black belt, or you have your own dojo or your own club, we've got you covered. Welcome to Canadian Dojo. Hey everyone, so here we are, episode three of the Canadian Dojo podcast, and I wasn't even sure we'd make it this far, but hey, we have, and hopefully you guys who are listening, you, I don't know, two people (laughs) who are listening are thoroughly enjoying yourselves because I'm enjoying making them, so there we go, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. So today we're going to talk about books. We're going to talk about reading and why it's important to read. You guys have all heard the saying before that not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. And I really do believe that that's true. You've, you've never met an expert in their field who is not well-read about their field, and generally speaking, about other things as well. There's that old joke about karate books, that there are only two types of books in karate, coloring books and pop-up books. And I'm just kidding about the pop-up books, because if there were pop-up books in karate, every time you turned a page, you get punched in the face. So it's an old joke. It's a bad joke. But you know what? It still makes me giggle a little bit. So there you go. But the reality is that in the martial arts, in karate, in the martial arts as a whole, there are some absolutely fabulous books that whether you are a practitioner or not, you really should pick up and read and have in your own personal library because they're a great reference tool. Uh, These books that talk about specifically the philosophy of the martial arts in particular are really good and really cross over to multiple different disciplines and multiple different parts of our lives. So so the reality is that in the martial arts, in, in the books in the martial arts, there are really three types. One are the technical manuals, the ones that tell you and show you how to do something, and they are an invaluable reference tool. So if you guys do not have a martial arts library, you really want to sort of start looking for some of those books that deal specifically with your style of karate, okay, Uh, that break down the kata, that break down some of the bunkai applications of the kata or the basic movements as, as a whole. Those are great tools and reference manuals to have in your library, something that you will go back to many, many times as I have with those manuals that I have in my library. The second type of book are books that tend to deal with the more philosophical approach to the martial art. Um, I, I, again, I have got a, a, a wide collection. I must have a hundred books in my library, a hundred more probably in my library. And it's very evenly split, split between the technical journals, these more, I, I, I jokingly call them warrior monk books because they break down the martial philosophy, the martial spirit, and and they break it down in a manner that is applicable to m- multiple different parts of your life. So very, very strongly recommend you have some of these types of books, and we're going to talk about a couple of those in a second. And the third one really are more the historical tomes. 
And these books, are, again, are very important because they give you the, the lineage of where karate has come from or your specific style of martial art have come, has come from. So I, I, I equate those to being very much like a family tree. You know, my uncle had a family tree commission many, many, many years ago. And, and what we found with that uh, or his side of the family was that the, the, it stretches back 400 years. And there are some interesting folks in that, you know, <laughs> in, in, in that family tree. I come, from a, I come from a long line of pirates, thieves, and cutthroats, which in fairness makes me perfect for running a dojo. So there we go. So you know what? It was, you know, kismet, you know, call it what you will. But, but you know, these historical books that talk about the history of, of feudal Japan and Okinawa and the relationship between Japan and Okinawa or China and Okinawa, well, that that references the history and the creation of karate and the creation of the martial arts. If you're a practitioner, why wouldn't you want to know that, right? Like, why wouldn't you want to know that? Because it puts into context many of the techniques that we still do today. Why was this technique invented in the first place? Well, you can learn it in one of those manuals, right? You can learn it in one of the technical manuals, right? You might learn it uh, in one of the other styles of books. So, so very, very important that when, you, when you're putting your library together, you get a, an equal balance, an equal breakdown of those three types of books. And I guarantee you, you, you won't go wrong with it. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You know, you didn't join karate to get a library card or to join a book club. And, and I get that. I, I do. I'm not, you know, going to sit here and tell you that you should be sitting down and, you know, reading before you go to class every day. Uh, that's not what I'm telling you at all. But what I will tell you and what I will promise you is that if you look at a couple of these books that we're going to talk about today or, you know, you start to do some research on, on some of these other books that are very specific to your style – how, how can they, how can they, you know, how can you go wrong? Really? Like, really, how can, how can you go wrong by having that extra knowledge? Right? You know, nobody's, well, he knows too much. <laughs> you know, nobody's, nobody's ever said that, you know, unless, unless, you know, you're in the mob. <laughs> so yeah, he, he knows too much about karate. <laughs> He's got to go. It doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, again, it's a difference between I think somebody who practices karate and somebody who's a martial artist, right? And, and and that sort of level. And there's nothing wrong with being somebody who practices karate. But if you want to be a martial artist, well, you know, you need to dig a little bit deeper. At least that's how I break it down. And I could be completely wrong about that. And by the by all means, send me an email. You know, Canadian Dojo uh, Podcast at Gmail dot com and 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 argue with me. And I'm I'm ready to have that conversation. But, but, you know, reading gives you a context of the training and karate at a specific time in history, okay? It gives you the origin of karate, right? Who doesn't like a good origin story? So, you know, karate is more than just going to the dojo for classes. So reading is a great way to augment your knowledge and to really enhance you as a person, but as a martial artist. So right now, we're going to talk about the five Books plus one bonus book that I think everybody should have in their library. Okay, guys, so the very first book we're going to talk about is a book called Karate Do, My Way of Life by Gichin Funakoshi. Now, uh, this book is a very interesting read about one of the most important figures in the history of karate as a whole. Okay, if you're not familiar with uh, who Gichin Funakoshi is, he is considered by many to be the father of modern karate. And it was under his guidance that many of the techniques and the language of karate were refined and modernized. 
And this book is his story. Uh, and it's the story of a link of time from when karate was strictly an Okinawan art of self-defense that was, that was hidden, that was kept in secrecy to the present day where it has become a martial art practiced around the world. Gichin Funakoshi is the father and, and the founder of, of uh, Shotokan Karate, right? And in his book, he talks about his own famous teachers and, you know, not, not only their mastery of the technique, but the way they acted in critical situations. And what he does is he ties that into what his belief of what karate is or was or is meant to be you know uh he of course he talks about himself and the reason uh you know he started the martial arts uh was was to improve his health he was not he was not well as a young man as a child and some of the obstacles that he over he had to overcome including poverty you know he wrote this book when he was 90 so for a guy who started because you know what he was in ill health he did pretty well with it so, and he didn't want to write the book out of modesty. So that, that's just not, you know, who he was. But you got to remember when you're reading this book, he was a man of a certain era in a very male dominated culture. Uh, and there is no doubt that some of his beliefs and views judged through the lens of modern day history of modern, of the modern day are antiquated and, uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah, so be ready for that. You know, be, be ready for that. But, you know, he, he was the one who said that the ultimate aim of the martial arts lies not in victory or in defeat, but rather in the perfection of the character of, of its participants. And that was a big change from the one-strike-one-kill philosophy, which was the original intent of much of karate, you know, which was based on the samurai code or the bushido. bushido excuse me. So... His influence on, on karate and how it is taught in the world cannot be overstated. You know, the way you practice karate, wherever you are, was directly influenced by this man. So therefore, just based on that alone, you know, you, you really should read this book. You know, he, he was, you know, he was, he was the one who is arguably most directly responsible for bringing that spiritual side of karate to the forefront. And again, regardless of your style, this man has in some way touched your life. So therefore, this is a book that you really, really should be familiar with and you should check out. So again, Karate Do, My Way of Life by Gichin Funakoshi. The second book we're going to talk about is a book called Moving Zen by C.W. Nickel. Now, he was born in Wales in 1940, and he actually has a bit of a connection to Canada because in 1958, he visited the Arctic Circle, and then shortly thereafter, he actually became a Canadian citizen. But in 1962, at the age of 22, he went to Japan, and he joined the JKA, or the, uh, the, Japanese, the Japan Karate Association, where he began studying Shotokan Karate. And Moving Zen is basically the story of his training journey. It was written in 1975, and it really is a story of his confrontation with his self through karate. So Moving Zen is, uh, it's, it's a love song for Japan and a hymn to karate. It, that, that's really what it is. And it gives insight into dojo life for a foreigner in the 70s. 
and it describes with razor sharp and pristine clarity not the techniques of the martial arts, but rather the soul of them. So the, that's what makes this a really, a really interesting read. And there are some people who read this book and they say, well, I don't really see a lot of Zen in it. And, you know, that's a, that's a fair criticism. It, it really is. But, you know, I think you got to dig a little bit deeper in this book to sort of really appreciate that and really find that. What he discovered with karate, Nickel discovered in karate, and he talks about in the book, is that while it can be extremely violent, it does also call for a gentleness and a politeness and a mutual trust and a responsibility. And we all know, as anybody who's ever practiced karate knows, when you walk onto the dojo floor, all of those things are there right? You've got to trust the people you're training with. You've got to trust your sensei. Uh, you've got to be responsible to each other. You've got to be polite with each other. At the end of the day, you know, you're doing self-defense and this guy's throwing you or this person's throwing you. you you've got to trust that person that they're not out to hurt you, right? You've got to trust this person that they know what they're doing, right? Because otherwise you're going to get hurt. So there is a trust there and there's a responsibility on the person throwing you that, they're doing everything that they can to learn that technique properly, properly so that you don't get hurt when you throw that or you don't hurt somebody when you throw them. So, you know, th that's kind of, he talks a little bit about that in the book as well. And it's a really, it's a really interesting sort of, you know, breakdown because I listen, I've been in clubs where you're training with people, you know, who are hotheads. I've got a very good friend of mine who's a judo black belt and he and I were talking about it one day and he came in injured and, and he's older than I am. And and he said, you know, he just doesn't like working with these, you know, 20-year-olds anymore because they're, they're hot shots. And I said, yeah, I, I get it. I get it, you know. Um, so, so, so he breaks that down in, 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 in his book and he talks very much in detail about that. And he found that, you know, studying karate, Nickel came to realize that the forms are in essence moving Zen. And, you know, the ultimate goal of the martial arts isn't conflict, but actual tranquility. And that's, that's where the Zen comes from. That's where the Zen comes from. And I think that's the, at the core, that's the big takeaway from this book. It's not the violence that can be inherent in the martial systems, but what can be achieved through the study of the martial arts in regards to the Zen aspect. Uh, you know, he's an, he's, a, he's an interesting individual. He's written, he wrote over like 20 books or something like that. He sadly passed away in April of 2020. But, uh, you know, he ultimately became a Japanese citizen and he went on to write a lot of books. Uh, and uh, one of them was why I became a Jap why, why I became Japanese. So, you know, go figure. Uh, but he also was a staunch environmentalist. And he actually tied that back into his, uh, ultimately down the road, tied that back into his martial arts training. So again, just a fascinating individual. And Moving Zen is a really interesting story about, you know, training in the 70s and, and you know, overcoming those obstacles and things like that. So definitely uh, another book that uh, you want to take a look at and you want to read. Okay, so the third book we're going to talk about is The Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. Uh, I, this is a book that has nothing to do with karate, to be quite honest with you. Well, not really. Uh, it's compiled from his notes and his essays. It was published in 75. I'm not going to spend a long time talking about this, to be honest with you. I just think it's a book everybody should have in, in their, in their library because it sort of breaks down his mindset as he was developing Jeet Kune Do, his, his style. And, uh, it's, it's broken down. It's, it's, it's explained in detail and it's, uh, you know, depicted through his own illustrations. It was put together by, uh, you know, his, uh, his wife and his daughter, um, you know, I, I really do think that this is a fascinating read about a fascinating individual. You know, Bruce Lee's one of the reasons, arguably, that I got into martial arts. I think he's one of the reasons that a lot of people of a certain generation got into martial arts. 
So his impact in karate, the martial arts as a whole, can, again, not be overstated. And I really do think that uh, this book kind of gives an insight into the man and his belief systems and his philosophies. And therefore, I think it's an important read. So again, you know, definitely pick it up. I somehow have three copies for some reason. I'm not quite sure how that managed to happen. But but you know what? It just means more reading for me. So great for me. So there you go, guys. The Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. Definitely something that you want to have in your library. Uh, I strongly recommend you pick it up and go through it. So the next one we're going to talk about is actually one of my favorites, actually. It's called The Sword and Brush by Dave Lowry, and it was written in 1995. And Dave Lowry is an American writer, and he uh, is somebody who is well-studied in the martial arts. Uh, He studied multiple different styles, uh, and he studied calligraphy, which is a martial art. And that ties into this book in a very, very prominent way. So Lowry uses his extensive experience in the martial arts to explain some of the more philosophical aspects of the martial world. What he does is he analyzes his own calligraphy characters and he relates to martial arts philosophies. Uh, And he gives insight into knowledge he's gained and learned over the years. Now, I know that sounds kind of dry, but it's anything but, to be quite honest with you. Uh, This isn't a book in, in, in so many ways that you read from beginning to end, but more a book you can pick up from time to time and read a chapter or two and attempt to incorporate them into your own training. Uh, it's a book that I actually reference quite frequently when I'm, you know, I've got a s- certain thing that I want to communicate on the dojo floor. And then I'll go through and I'll look through the book and I'll find, you know, that that one of those 42 characters that he draws. And, you know, I'll read sort of the, the, the two or three pages of text that he's got at it because it's all mini chapters, mini essays, if you will. And As I say, it's based on 42 of Lowry's own calligraphy drawings of various Japanese words. that, And then he goes on to relate these words and concepts to the martial arts. So words like do or kata or dan, uh, uh, q, right, uki, all of these words are are, are words that we use in in karate, right? They're They're all practical, applicable words in karate that we use, that I use on a regular basis, on a daily basis when I'm teaching. So each calligraphy with the accompanying text amplifies our understanding of the term and what it meant to Japanese warriors and what it means to practitioners of calligraphy and the martial arts, more importantly, today. This is one of those books about philosophy, the warrior monk approach to karate books that I was talking about earlier. You know, and if that's something that interests you, this is a book that you really, really should have. Uh, regardless of style, it's something you can pick up again and again and again. And it truly is a great pick-me-up uh, reference material. So definitely something to have in your library. Sword and Brush by Dave Lowry. The guy's still going strong. He's 66 years old. You know, he's written 20-plus books, uh, most of them about the martial arts. So uh, definitely uh, get a couple of his books in your library for sure. Okay, pushing forward. The next book on the list is by Patrick McCarthy. Now, Patrick McCarthy is a karate historian. Uh, He's a hanshi. Uh, He's a teacher of the martial arts. Uh, He's a teacher himself. Uh, You know, he spent over 10 years researching and studying uh, the babishi and the arts associated with it. And if you're unfamiliar, this book is called Bible of Karate, the Bubishi. Because the Bubishi is the Bible of Karate. So Patrick McCarthy, uh, he studied this, and this is his translation of the Bubishi text. Uh, it's 
Oh, it's a tough read, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. This is a tough read. This is this is one that I was I was going back and forth about putting on this list. I really, really was because this is a tough one. But let me talk about Patrick McCarthy for a second. You know, we actually have a bit of a you know connection with Patrick McCarthy because one of our instructors uh, used to train with Patrick McCarthy, and uh, so so and they know each other. They were friends back in the day. So he is actually the very first Caucasian person to ever be awarded uh, the coveted Kyoshi Seventh Dan teacher's license from Kyoto's prestigious Dai Nippon Batokukai. Uh, that's a big deal. That, that's actually a big deal. So, you know, it, it was a very closed system, uh, but uh, the Batokukai uh, doesn't give these things out at a, at, a, you know, at a lottery or anything like that. You know, you got to earn it. So, you know, he was the very first Caucasian person to ever do that or to ever receive that honor. Uh, this is the Bubishi. This is his English translation of the Bubishi. And I know you're saying, well, what is the Bubishi? And that's a good question. So I actually went and I Googled it for the best explanation. And I'm just going to read it flat out what it says. Okay. So here, let me pull it up. Okay. The Bubishi was a secret text passed from master to student in China and later in Okinawa, dealing with philosophy, strategy, and medicine as they relate to the martial arts. It's been studied and taught from uh, by all of karate's legendary masters. So there you go, right? You know, closed book, you know, look out the window, you know. <laughs> so there you go. Um, that said, that said, this is an excellent book, right? Or Patrick McCarthy's uh, translation is an excellent book. If you're into the origins of karate and its base in the, especially the Goju style of karate, uh, based in White Crane Kung Fu, it's a hard read, guys. I'm not going to lie. It's a tough read. It's 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 not it's not a book that that I could I could sort of you know what uh, I you know read in bed. This it's a it's a book they would give to and it's somebody who's suffering from insomnia to put them to sleep. That's kind of what this book is. But having said that, you know it's a book that I do reference from time to time. You know, uh, the, 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 there, there are pictures at the end of the book that talk about the break, breakdown of certain techniques and bunkai applications. But, you know, again, they, they kind of reveal very little because it's just a picture, you know, and it shows either the before or the after, but there's always that, that in-between that you don't get with, with the pictures. So, you know, Patrick McCarthy gives his own interpretation, uh, but that's what it is. It's just his interpretation. But he's very, very well researched in this. I know I'm not selling this one as, as, as well as maybe some of the other ones, uh, but, but it is really a book that I, I do honestly, sincerely believe everybody should have in their library just as a reference tool. Uh, again, you're not going to sit down and, and, and read, you know, a bedtime story from the Bubishi to your kids. It's just, <laughs> you know, not if you love them. But, you know, it's definitely a book that, that, that having every serious martial artist should have in their library. It, it really is, right? Again, just from a reference standpoint. So The Bubishi by Patrick McCarthy, or Patrick McCarthy, blah, blah, blah. Let me try that again. The Bubishi, right? The Bible of Karate, The Bubishi by Patrick McCarthy. So there you go. So that's the, the fifth book that we're going to talk about. And I've got one more that we're going to discuss. So here we go. The very last book we're going to talk about is the karate book that changed my life. It is the uh, Shotokan Secrets, The Hidden Truth Behind Karate's Fighting Origins by Dr. Bruce Clayton. Now, this book is, I think, is, is excellent because it talks about the creation of not just really Shotokan, but, you know, the martial systems in Okinawa. And it breaks down the history 
of of that part of the world that led to the development in Dr. Clayton's opinions, but led to the development of, of Shotokan karate and, and the history of it and where it came from. It is a very fascinating read. And I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to tell you that I agree with absolutely everything that Dr. Clayton talks about in the book because I'm not sure that I do. But when he breaks, when he makes his arguments, they're very logical, right? There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a method to it. There's a, there's, a, there's a science behind the way he's breaking things down and the bunkai applications of how he's breaking down these techniques. So I, listen, I, I strongly recommend if you practice Shotokan, you want to get this book, right? It's a fascinating read that gives you a breakdown of the history of karate and its origins, especially, especially Shotokan karate. So definitely, definitely something that you guys want to have in your library, whether you're a Shotokan practitioner or not. Shotokan Secrets, The Hidden Truth Behind Karate's Fighting Origins. Now, I don't think the book's available in print anymore, but I'm pretty sure you can get it on Apple Books or Kindle. So definitely something that you want to have in your library, without doubt. So there you go, guys. Those are my choices for some books. There are a lot of books that are that could be on this list that are not, and I will do another one of these down the road. But definitely, these are some books that uh, if you're looking to start a library or you're looking to enhance your library, uh, you know, definitely these are books that you want to have in there. But what do you read, right? At the end of the day, what do you have in your library? Let's say you've got a library. What do you have in your library? You know, visit us, you know, at our Facebook page or visit us on Instagram or email me and let me know what you're reading. And, uh, you know, and, and make some recommendations. Maybe I've read them, maybe I haven't, you know. So uh, don't be afraid to share. So there you go, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your support. I really do appreciate it. And I am uh, looking forward to more episodes to come. So uh, remember, please, to uh, train safe, train smart, and train hard, right? Have a great day, and uh, we'll uh, see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.